Good evening, everybody. This is fun. I usually say good morning. You know what? This is a podium for somebody with an iPad. It's too small. I need to spread out. <laughs> is it all right if I come forward a little bit? Okay. Hey, you know what? I thought I was going to maybe um, sing you a Disney song, but I didn't want to upstage Ben. And, but he did sing Under the Sea, right? Remember? So I thought that was a good segue into telling you my new Hawaiian word I, I learned. Humu humu nuku nuku apu a'a. Yes. <laughs> I love that word. It makes me feel like I'm saying a whole sentence. <laughs> I can't believe it's such a long word for such a little fish. I even know what it means. It means little fish with a pig snout, right? <laughs> and when I typed it out on here so I wouldn't forget it, I actually caught a typo. I was so proud of myself. I thought, wow, Lynn, you are really becoming local. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that word when I go to the mainland next time. It's very, very impressive. Too bad Pastor Sheldon isn't here. He would have been so impressed. <laughs> hey, I have to tell you, this is pretty fun for me. I haven't gotten to speak on Wednesday night for such a long time. And I struggled a little bit that we're still uh, talking about relationships and connecting. And not because it's not important, um, not because it's not a great topic, but I thought, Lord, we've been talking about this for such a long time, and what else do you want them to hear about relationships and connecting? So the Lord just gently reminded me as I was praying that everything in scripture is about relationships and there are five areas that in scripture that cover all of scripture about relationships let me get to, let me review not the whole bible just these five <laughs> okay first of all his relationship with the son and the holy spirit the trinity that's the first relationship spoken of in scripture the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our relationship with Him. Did you know that you were created to love Him, to glorify Him, and to enjoy Him forever? From the very beginning, from the very beginning, God intended that we have relationship with Him. And when that relationship was broken through sin, what happened? He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that that relationship would be restored. So that's number two. Number three is relationship with self. You are created in the image of God. And with that comes automatic inherent worth and dignity. Okay, that's what that means. So we get to, we have a high calling and we get to be uh, display who he is to the world. We are created in his image. We get to ha reflect him. And four is our relationship with one another, okay, the, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. We're created to live in loving relationships with one another. We're made to know one another, to uh, love one another, and to encourage one another. That's what scripture talks about. And fifth is our relationship to creation. He put us on this earth and in his creation to sustain it, to manage it, to be good stewards over it. So those five relationships, he reminded me, that's what all of scripture is about, isn't it? So we are going to get it right. 
If we're going to grow in Jesus, we're going to get relationships right. Are you with me? Okay. All right. So I want to give you a few qualifiers before I start. First of all, when I talk about relationships tonight, I mean all relationships, not just family and friends. Not just long-term relationships. It could, they could be short-term. They could be the person you meet on the street tomorrow or at Target or at Walmart or out in the park. Okay? We're talking about all relationships. Um, basically, everyone the Lord puts in your path. Okay? Secondly, the kind of connecting I want to talk about goes beyond small groups and get-togethers. And I want to talk about the kind of connecting that identifies us as disciples of Christ. Okay, so that's number two qualifier. Okay, number three. I'm going to use a lot of words that begin with the letter R. So I want you to count them. Okay, you listen for the, the words that start with the letter R. And because this is an equip night, I felt free to use a lot of scriptures. Is that okay? Okay, get your pens ready. <laughs> so tonight, let's explore together what our personal responsibility is for every relationship in our life. I want us to consider two questions. What is the role that each of us play in making the body of Christ function with fruitfulness? What is the role that each of us play in making the body of Christ function with fruitfulness? We are the body of Christ, correct? We are all members of one body. And his body is called his church. And that's why even identifying his church as his body speaks of relationship. It's all about relationship. Secondly, what does it take for the body of Christ, as Ephesians 4.16 says, to be fit perfectly together, growing and healthy and, and loving one another? What does it take for that? So I can't cover everything, but tonight, but my hope and my prayer is that what we go over tonight will start you thinking and start you seeking about your role in every relationship that you have, okay? And I think as we get uh, a handle, each of us personally, on what it means to have a relationship with someone, whether it's long-term, short-term, family, friends, or just some, an acquaintance, when we get a handle on that, there will be fruit in this expression of the body of Christ, New Hope Hilo, Hawaii. So we want to get it right. Amen? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to cover three areas tonight. First area, relationships are the result of his redemption and restoration. Relationships are the result of his redemption and restoration. Everybody has a story. Every one of us has a story things that we've lived through, things that we've experienced. And when we talk about relationships and connecting with one another, some of us would say, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know how hard it is for me to trust someone. You don't know how fearful I am that I'm going to get hurt again. You don't know what I've been through. And just like you, I have one of those stories. But if we fully believe in Jeremiah 29:11 that we quote a lot here that he has plans for us to give us a future and a hope. If we fully believe in that, then we have to grab onto, we have to seize his story for our life. Amen. Okay, we each have a story, but we want his story in our lives. 
Sometimes we get a little off track. Sometimes people pull us onto the wrong path. But he is our redeemer and our restorer, and he will restore his story for your life. I'm living testimony of that. When a few years ago, um, and I'm not going to tell you my story, but a few years ago, I went through the hardest thing in my life. And one of my friends said, um, I don't get it, why things like this happen to good people. And I said, well, you know, God gave all of us free will, and sometimes someone else's choices affect our lives. But that's why he said, I will make all things work together for good to them who are the loved and called according to my purposes. Amen? That's why that scripture is there. There's always going to be something that will seek to get us off course, that will seek to pull us away from the plan that God has for our lives. But he is the restorer, he is the redeemer, and we can count on that. Okay? So, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. That's right. That's John 8, 36. So here's the truth. No matter what your story is, no matter what our story is, we have, still have responsibility, each one of us, for our relationships and in our relationships. We have been called and given an assignment to figure out how to live and work and be with one another, how to love one another, and that is called, brothers and sisters, that is called being the church, the body of Christ. We have been created for relationship. John 13, 34 says this, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. So that's what we were created for. Okay, here's another truth. God puts people in our lives to complete his plan for our lives. I'm going to tell you a little story about Pastor Marcia. <laughs> God put her in my life to help complete his plan for me. Marcia and I have known each other since 1995, I think. Um, I worked for the Old Northwest District of Foursquare Churches, and I used to put on all these conferences, and I would bring everybody from Hawaii over there, and that's how we met, right? And uh, through that, I got to know her and a few other people from the Hilo Church, and then when I took a position with our national staff, I got her to be on my national team. And I tell you, she tried to get off it all the time. <laughs> And I would tell her, no, you cannot. I mean, she tried so hard to get out of a relationship with me, and I would not let her. <laughs> and she is one person that God has used in my life to bring me here. And sometimes we sit on the front row together and look at each other and go, wow, who'd have thunk, you know, several years ago that we would get to serve together in this expression of his body. God puts people in our lives to complete his plan for our lives, okay? So relationships, remember, are the result of his redemption and restoration and his plan for our lives, okay? Second of all, second area, relationships require responsibility. There's three R words. Got that down? Hope you're counting these R's. Okay, and that responsibility is summed up in one word, love. 
We are commanded to love others. And I'm not talking about emotional, gushy kind of love. I'm talking about the kind of selflessness that considers or pays attention to others as a result of his love. That you are willing to love in spite of someone's. And, you know, I, I was in the prayer room with Roxanne. I told her I was going to use her. And I was asking her what she did for work. She works for Easter Seals. And she said to me, I work with a little Japanese lady, who's, no, Chinese lady, who speaks only Cantonese. And she said, I don't understand a thing she says, but I love her so much. And I take her around. She has mental um, uh, challenges. And she said, I take her around, and she gets to do little jobs, and I bathe her, and I'm there with her five days a week, and I love her. I don't understand her. I can't communicate her with her, but I love her. That's a responsibility of relationship, to love no matter what. Okay, so how do we do that? Well, first of all, we have to love with intentionality. Okay, and what that means is that we get to look for opportunities to love someone. Relationships are work, aren't they? They're just plain work. But that's what we've been called to, church. We've been called to work and to serve one another. That's what we are all about. So we have to understand that in order to do that, we have to make ourselves available. And I'm not talking about burning yourself out for Jesus. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about instead is, is making a determination to seek him and to hear his voice about relationships. Make a determination to seek him about relationships. I, last week, got to go up to Camp Agape for a morning, just a morning, last Monday. I have never seen a more available, intentional, dedicated bunch of servants in my life. They were not only there to serve the needs of those kids, they anticipated their needs. I watched them. They, wa they looked for ways to touch those kids' lives. That's what we get to do. And we get to listen to his leading, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and whatever relationships we have. When I was, a, I was a children's pastor in Eugene, Oregon, many, many years ago, actually the same church that Pastor Wayne came out of. Uh, he was a youth pastor. I was a children's pastor. And, and I had this family that came regularly to our children's ministry. <clears throat> the dad left. There were three boys. The dad left, and... Um, the mom was not coping at all. She would bring the kids faithfully to, to church, but they were very neglected. They would come hungry. They would come smelling like they had wet their beds the night before. And we just loved on them. And the, the oldest one was nine. His name was Michael. I love Michael. I think about him and pray for him t to this day. And he was a pill. <laughs> he was a challenge. He would... Um, he would try anything he could do to get you, to get your goat, to make you upset, to annoy you. So I was directing a camp up in Portland area, and we, uh, this is in Oregon, and so we're in a van, I'm taking a bunch of kids up in my van, and Michael's in my van, and he's messing around, and I said, Michael, this is my only warning to you, knock it off. And he continued, you know, and so I just pulled the van over. I didn't say a word. There was, uh, you could hear, hear a pin drop. 
There was not a sound in that van. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> the kids were wide-eyed, you know. <laughs> pulled it over to the side. Yes, thank you. Um, pulled it over to the side and got out of the van, came around, gently pulled Michael out of the van, put him up against the side. Now, this is a kid who only knew abandonment and rejection. So the first thing he said to me was, oh, just send me home. Just send me home. And I looked at him. I said, Michael, I love you. You are going to camp, and you are going to have a very fun time. And you are going to listen to me when I talk to you, and we are going to enjoy Jesus together. And it was at that moment that God created a deep relationship between me and Michael. He was my little pal from then on. And that's what God is calling us to. He's calling us to hear his voice about touching people's lives. That's what building relationships are about. Okay, love one another as I have loved you. Excuse me. Okay, so be intentional and be available and listen to his leading. And secondly, we get to love with humility. Philippians 2.4 says this. Let each of you look, excuse me, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. We have to be on guard against self-centeredness. Self-centeredness just doesn't work in relationships. No matter if it's between our spouses or our kids or our family members or our close friends, self-centeredness destroys relationships. Here's my, um, dis- here's my definition for humility. It's portraying Jesus, who Jesus says you are, valued and loved and gifted, and knowing that you can do nothing without him. That's humility. Um, Pastor Wayne gave a good illustration um, of a, a, a picture of humility. He said, it's a gentle, bow, a gentle bow of a branch filled with fruit. That's what humility is. Picture that. We are being fruitful in our relationships, but we get to do it with humility. It's the gentle bow of a branch filled with fruit. That's humility. It's hard to go beyond ourselves, isn't it? We all tend to want to be comfortable. We, all, we don't want to risk something. We don't want to um, feel rejection or, or be judged or any of those things. We don't want to go beyond ourselves. We, um, we get caught in intimidation and fear sometimes. But we get to love with humility. Have any of you have ever been to a foot washing? Anybody here know what a foot washing is? <laughs> okay. okay, so don't quote me. And this is totally in my flesh, but I don't like foot washings. I think they're wonderful. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, didn't he? As an expression of deep humility and of serving him, that he came to be the servant of all. That's why Jesus washed. But I think they're embarrassing, and I don't like feet. (laughs) I know they're useful, but I don't want to touch them. So (laughs) that's why I always, whenever somebody says we're going to do a foot wash, I'm going, okay, how can I get out of here? So I was at, I was helping with a district in Colorado. Oh, excuse me. And, um, uh, 
it was a bunch of pastors, and they announced that after this session, they were going to do a foot washing. And I'm looking at the exit going, okay, how can I get out of here without being noticed? And before I could make a beeline to the door, one of our Hispanic pastor's wives made a beeline for me. And so I was caught. I was going to participate in this foot washing. And so I sat down and took my shoes off. And this woman, this beautiful, beautiful Spanish lady who didn't speak a lot of English, I hope I can tell this, she washed my feet with such humility and gentleness and love of Jesus that I sobbed through the entire thing. It was the most... um, perfect expression of humility I had ever experienced in my life. I said, Lord, I so want to serve your people with that kind of humility. So going beyond myself that I don't care that I'm touching somebody else's feet, that I'm washing some, the dirt off someone's feet, that I'm putting myself in a lowly position. I want to serve your people with that kind of humility. I don't always do it, but that's my goal. I want to serve with that kind of humility and to build solid relationships. Thank you. To build solid relationships, we must love with humility. We have to go beyond ourselves. We have to consider, pay attention to, seek out the, the, the concerns and the needs of others first. Anticipate those needs. Okay? Do you know that um, I was reading... Uh, I've been reading this book called The Missional Quest. It's Becoming the Church on the Long Run. It's a great book. And in that book, he talks about biblical hospitality. And this goes along with um, a scripture I'm going to read to you out of Romans. talks about uh, humility and then talks about being hospitable to one another. The definition of biblical hospitality isn't our definition of entertaining someone. When we entertain someone, the goal is the hostess. You know, the the focus is on the host or hostess. We clean our houses. We want everything to look good. We want the food to be right. That's the focus. Biblical hospitality is something quite different. Jesus said, I was talking to his disciples in Luke chapter 14, and he said, don't invite family and friends because then they're going to invite you. Now, that sounds kind of like what? But what he was talking about is he was illustrating to them what true hospitality was. He wasn't saying, don't have your friends and family over. He was saying, if you want to display true hospitality, you invite someone who cannot repay you. You invite someone who's needy. You invite someone who has nothing, and you're going to have them come and enjoy your hospitality. That's what he was talking about. Here's a quote from the book. The best hospitality is that which is given, not exchanged. Hospitality involves cultivating connections with those who are disconnected. I'm talking about connecting here that isn't about small groups, even though I love small groups. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond that and shows the kind of connecting with the disconnected that identifies us as disciples of Jesus. I want to do that kind of connecting. Do you? I do. That's what I want to have happen in this church. Romans 12.9 says this. Don't just pretend. Romans 12.9 through 11. This is New New Living Translation. 
Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Love with intentionality, love with humility, and the third thing is love with repentance. If you do something wrong to somebody, then own up to it. If something doesn't go how you want it to do, own up to your part in the situation. Again, it's part of that self-centeredness. Nothing destroys relationships, which is what the enemy is all about, than creating strife and contention between people. Okay, that destroys relationship. That takes away from the calling of God in our lives. If you hurt somebody, you own up to it. The scripture says in James uh, 5.16, says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now that doesn't mean that we go and tell everybody any little thing that's bothering us. What that's talking about is if you, are, if you have sin in your life, if you have a hindrance in your life that keeps you from building relationships, from connecting with God's people, from, from fulfilling his call in your life and in the body of Christ, then you go find a trusted, righteous person and have them pray for you. It's an illustration of the power of prayer. That's what that scripture is talking about. Not talking, uh, excuse me, relationships require repentance because, as Andy Stanley says, your best bet for successful future is to own your your share of the past. So if you want to move forward, if you want to accomplish God's plan in your life, then if you need prayer about something, go get it. Don't let that become a hindrance in your life. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Okay? The third area, relationships promise reward. And I'm going to close with this. But relationships are all about becoming more like Jesus. That's the first reward. We get to participate in his transformation. To commit to healthy Available, intentional, loving relationships is to unleash his purposes in you. That's what it's all about. That's why we've been talking so much about relationships and connecting. It isn't just about making new friends. That's part of it. But it's about how we relate to everyone. It's about how we seek out to fulfill God's promises to his church, God's promises to this world. It's being Jesus to someone. There is transforming power in every single relationship as we lay hold of it. Every single relationship. Look for it. And we get to be a part of advancing his kingdom and building his church. Hebrews 10, 24 says this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. 
and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This is what we're being called to church. We're being called to build relationships, to seek out relationships, to allow his redemption and his restoration to make it possible for us to love with with intentionality, to love with humility, to love in repentance. Who will complete his, who will complete his plan in your life? Think about that. In your life right now, I know you can think of people like I have Marcia in my life uh, and lots of other people that help complete his plan in my life. And in whose life will you be used by Jesus to complete his plan in their lives? Everyone has a story. Let's lay hold of his story for our lives. You want to? I do. I do. Marcia, come. <laughs> you, you know that I will always do this to you. <laughs> I want us to, uh, to stand now as we pray. And I just want to pray over our church. I want to pray over this new season of ours where we're really zeroing in on what relationships mean and we're really putting forth effort to connect to one another because God has a plan and a purpose for this church, this body of believers, and we want to lay hold of it. So Marcia and I are just going to pray over you, and uh, if you feel comfortable, take the hand of somebody next to you, and let's pray. Okay, you want to start? Lord Jesus, thank you so much. First off, thank you for friends, and thank you for this friend, Lord God. Thank you that you've called us to relationship and that you've given us the responsibility, Lord, to seek out, to build, and to establish deep relationships that just aren't just for us, but it's to be a representation mm -hmm. of your Amen, love Lord. for the church Thank and your you, love Lord. for this earth. Thank you. So, Lord God, our prayer is that we would take the message we received tonight, that we would not just hear it, we would apply it not only to our hearts, but to every action and every relationship we have. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, I pray a special blessing on Lynn as she continues. Lord the calling and the vision that you have for Thank us, you, for her here in Hila, Hawaii. Thank we should be able to carry it out and bear much fruit, Lord God, with that humility of the um, bow, um, branch that bows, bearing much fruit, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for each of us this week that the people that you put in our lives, whether it be just our interaction with our spouses or with our friends or... Um, Lord, our families. Lord, whether it be meeting somebody for the first time at Target or going down and visiting under his wings and meeting people on the street, Lord, no matter where we are, I pray, Lord, that we would be intentional about loving them. That, Lord, in all humility, we would be available to be used by you. The Lord, even in our church body, Lord, um, all the areas where we can touch people here, from our kids on up to our forerunners, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, that we would invite every single day your Holy Spirit to guide us and to direct us and to prompt us to be Jesus to someone, to um, be a part of fulfilling your plan in their lives. 
Lord, we all have experiences in our lives that have been hurtful. We all have experiences that um, could potentially be devastating, but because you are our restorer and our redeemer, you have turned those things for good. And I pray, Lord, that in every situation, you would teach us how to lay hold of your restoration, how to trust you to turn each situation Lord, into something that is uh, more than positive, but that, that is life and is, heal, is healing, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this time together. Bless this precious body of believers. In the name of Jesus, we all said, Amen. Amen.